Hola, Film Family. It's Itusco, aka Time Scheduler. Um, second week of June. Oh, there's just so much happening in the world right now that it's just it's sometimes a little bit too crazy to even comprehend. And I just want to thank you so much for coming here to this podcast to give some of your free time to listening to some of the amazing people that have given up their time um, to give back and to tell their story. Um, the little mantra, so I've got a little mantra that I do with my young, that with my four-year-old and every morning we just kind of wake up and I, I say to him, um, what are you? And he says, I'm proud of myself. I say, and what's today going to be? He says, today's going to be a great day. And I've just started saying it to myself now as well. And I'm saying it to you. I'm proud of all you lot for sticking out and sticking through. And today is going to be a great day. Um, it is. So thank you for listening. Um, if you fancy sponsoring me for my charity walk that I'm doing the end of June to Black Island and back 30 miles um, for the film and TV charity, please go and hit up the, the, the bio link. And it will take you to the Just Giving page. Um so massive love today's gonna be a great day i'm excited so excited let's do it um yeah let's start with the app big up let's get started so hi film family uh welcome to another hashtag trending episode um the episodes are evolving and i want these now to become um case studies and conversations and things that are happening on set right now as you're listening, which is what, June, second week, something like that, second week of June, um, 2020, for all of you listening in the, in the distant future, we're having this chat and it's with, it's with a woman who I've, I've never worked for, I've never worked with, I don't know, which is going to be knocking me out of my comfort zone because everyone else I've kind of had chats with have been almost within my immediate circle. So I'm hoping I don't act all stupid and just start turning into a little giggling little schoolboy. Um, so thank you for coming on. And, and I guess the reason that, that I wanted to touch base quickly listening is, is that um, the person that we have today um, had exactly the same mindset and had exactly the same thought as me and went on set and recorded different departments and about how COVID and the guidelines have affected them. So we're going to touch base on that as our trending. I'm going to stop waffling because this isn't a this isn't an Isuskod you know, monologue. Um, so, what is your name and what is your role on the call sheet? Uh, my name is Janine Frank, and I'm a first assistant director. Amazing. So, what does being a first AD mean to you? Um, everything. I love it. I absolutely love my job. First off, um, I. Um, in terms of what I do as a first assistant director, I basically um, run and organise the film shoot, um, which starts off in a pre-production process um, where I would be speaking to um, the producer and director and finding out the treatment idea and what will be involved for the um, shoot and what practical difficulties there may be. Um, every shoot has got something else going on, be it children or animals or special effects or, or animatronics or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, then I do a shooting schedule with the help of a shot list, uh, which is provided to me. 
and um, talk through the schedule with all other departments and make sure that we've sorted anything that might go wrong on the day or anything that might take a bit longer than we thought about. So I make sure that I have all these conversations with all the departments and know exactly what I'm going to be faced with on the moment I walk onto set. So on the day, um, I run and organise the, um, the day and the shoot. I start off with a safety briefing, which is very important to me. Um, I record it on my phone to make sure that if I am ever asked after a shoot, if something were to occur, that I've covered myself. Clever. I'll explain well, do, do, to everybody do, do, where the fire exits are. Sorry? Do you use it like a specific app or a software? Or is it oh, just no, I just, I just use my phone and, and just record it on the, on the notes app or whatever it is. Nice. And, um, and I record my safety briefing. I, in my safety briefing, I um, obviously explain all the hazards that um, occur during the day, whether it's explosives or whatever it is we're doing that day, whether we have kids on set, the usual sort of no swearing, don't use the kids' toilets, all those mm-hmm. sort of things. But depending on what it is that we're doing, I then um, sort of alter the break, safety briefing directly to, to what it is we're doing. And um, I also like to do that because it means that I get the whole crew and cast and agency and everybody together. And um, it's a really good start to the day because you get a chance to run everyone through the day. Um, I think it's hugely important being a first AD is giving people as much information as you can for people Mm. to do their jobs as quickly and as safely as possible. So safety briefing is um, very important to me. I always make time for that, regardless if I'm shooting in a studio that I'm in practically every other week and we all know where the fire exits are, but you never know what can happen. And for me as a first AD, safety is hugely important. Amazing. And what was, so I always like to, I always like to find out people's route in and why and why ading was it was it did you go to uni was it a college thing did you always want to be a director what's your story in um yeah i mean um i'm very very lucky i knew i wanted to be an ad from when i was very very young um i didn't know how to get there or what to do to get there how did you know about ading because I was like growing up i didn't know like director and producer and then dp that was it that were the three things i was like oh yeah i'll do that so I didn't know the term AD. I knew somebody on set that basically ran and organised all the Amazing. departments and kind of was the person that knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I was um, about six years old. My parents took me to Universal Studios. Uh, wow. I, for the very first time, saw how film sets looked or, or the process and and uh, I was just wowed by it instantly. Um, it wasn't so much the being an actress, being in front of camera or being a director. It was mm. more the role of, we had this guide, tour guide, and he walks around and explains there's a set of jaws and this is how they shot this and how they did that. And, and that was very interesting to me. But I was more interested in the role of the person that organises all the logistics of how mm. it works that I found fascinating. So I've never wanted to be a director. I still don't want to be a director. Um, And for me, I was very lucky when I did stumble into um, 
you know, my first film set and then realised, okay, this guy, they're called a first AD and that's what I want to do. Um, and just, yeah, worked bloody hard to, to make sure I, I got there as quickly as I could, really. Um, uh, yeah. And what did, so what, did you, did you kind of go to uni, do a film degree or did you just go, no, I'm going straight into, and what so did, you, did you become a runner or what was your process? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, sure. I did. I, so I obviously quite desperately wanted to get in the film industry. Unfortunately, I was, um, I'm, uh, I was in Germany. I'm from Germany. I'm um, German. Mm-hmm. So um, my family, I didn't have a foot in my family. Um, didn't come from any sort of filming entertainment background or anything like that the sort of management consultants and and you know something completely different um a good normal nine to five steady you know or the classic yeah yeah, yeah, so, yeah something yeah. like that but um <laughs> so that was quite tricky because i just i didn't have any clue of what do i do how do i go i was in school in germany hmm. school was um not that interesting to me probably partly because I pretty much knew that I wanted to be in the film industry. Mm. Didn't know how to get there. So um, I'd finished school, um, didn't really want to go to uni, wanted to work, obviously, in film sets, becoming a runner. Um, my parents thought it would be quite a good idea if maybe I did sort of go to uni and have some sort of paperwork in case it all failed and, and didn't have to. And maybe I had something to fall back Thanks on. Thanks for the so, trust. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I did that. Off I went. I spent three years um, living down by the beach uh, near Exeter. and did, um And that was great. It was a fantastic life experience. Um, if anything, that's probably um, the most use uh, I got out of my degree. But um, And then, yeah, sort of in my third year, I'd already applied. I'd sent hundreds and hundreds of letters off to companies and asking for work experience and you know whatever I could do make teas unpaid obviously you know I'd do anything and after about hundreds of letters I got one letter back saying absolutely you know come and work for us for free for a week and make us all coffee which was great and which I did and sort of went from one company running to the next company running but I was mainly based in Soho it was all sort of in-house which was great um but i wanted to be on set i didn't want to be in house running or mm. running tapes around and all this kind of stuff so um yeah just continued to knock on doors and just beg people to take me on set really <laughs> right well that's it it's the hard work and it's the persistence and and it's that sheer bloody mindedness to ne- to not just be like knock on the first door no sorry you can't you go oh well i tried you know i'm gonna go and become an accountant it's like no you've got to keep knocking at those doors oh yeah it was very much like that and i had lots and lots of doors shut in my face and and of course and you pick yourself up and and as it were one door opened and and that you know led led to a job for me to sort of progress a bit further and then i'd ended up knocking on some door of a, I think it was a post-production house in Soho and, and poor owner let me in. Um, and, I'm not leaving, uh, you change yourself. That's it, you can't yeah. <laughs> Let me in and sort of said, look, I really don't have anything for you. But as it turns out, my wife um, works on a programme called Art Attack for Hit Entertainment. Love and looking for a bilingual, a German bilingual consultant to Perfect. help her. Um, to make sure that obviously all the scripts are translated and that the yeah. actual thing of the of the episodes is all done correctly and all this kind of stuff. Perfect, you know, great, absolutely, I'll take it. Where is it? You know, I'm 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 on my way there. Mm. 
um, luckily I got that job and so I sort of found myself into in the children's television world mm. uh, which was fine it was great I was just super pleased to be there and, and felt incredibly lucky to be my first real shoot was obviously in a studio I was stuck as a studio base it was great I just learned so much about being in studios and this was over at the um, Maidstone Studios quite a while ago where they used to Saturday morning shows and stuff so you had you know great presenters now that are obviously very popular starting off their careers and it was just yeah. a great place to be and uh, a brilliant learning curve and then so with that background with the kind of passion of knowing that you wanted to be on film sets and running floors what was the transition between that children's live tv and then kind of being on is it long format short format what's your where did where have you ended up so I've ended up doing, I'm now commercials, um, mainly. Um, I absolutely love doing short films, but unfortunately I can't pay my bills off short films. Yeah. Um, if I, could, I would do them all the time because they're perfect for me. It's a perfect length. It's great to get into something a little bit meatier sometimes than mm -hmm. a commercial, perhaps, maybe. Um, but for me, my transition came... Um, I suppose the the big the big thing for me was was having a family and having kids where I realized working in the features world um is just not possible unfortunately mm. um, so yeah, so I made the move and, and the great you know I absolutely love working in commercials it's brilliant I've met some of the most loveliest people and crew um but of course you know films films are great fun as well, you know. Yeah. I've never had the I never had the privilege of being on a on a long format, but that's cool. That's my thing. I, I, you know, and I guess did you did you always think? Did you have that in mind that you you know commercials and the short contacts contracts were were where you wanted to end up, or was it just the family element of it that you thought actually that suits my life better? Yeah, it was definitely not. I mean, films. Um, you know, had had I not have had kids, I I don't know if I would have come across or been working so much in the in the commercial as well mm. i to me i absolutely love mixing it up i think i've got the best of both both worlds to be honest with you because i can um spend my summer doing commercials and then if a if a script or a film comes in and and it does work out and it's london based and it's five days a week and and the studio is not too far or the locations all seem quite workable that you can come home at the end of the night and and perhaps maybe you know see your children um nice. even if they are sleeping you know that that makes a difference and so yeah so i i enjoy doing all of it really i also do um you know some tv stuff um and uh i mean there's so much great content out this is one thing that i've realized since coming back from my last maternity leave is how much things change so quickly you're out of the game for maybe 18 months having a baby and come back and over a sudden there's this whole industry of branded content stuff yeah which is just fantastic i mean some of the stuff is is absolutely brilliant mm. um so things things are changing all the time right in our industry so it's yeah. like you know what the next what the next format's going to be <laughs> yeah well i was having was I? I can't remember who i was talking to but we were talking about kind of brand, oh it was, um india uh bradshaw we did like a live episode and we were talking about branded content and one of the things we came i came away from it it was that maybe in about five years time you know we, you're going to get a, a phone call from a producer or a production manager and the, and the chat's not going to be you know it's a tvc we got all the money oh it's branded content we haven't got the money i think the thing's going to flip and 
TVCs, they're going to phone you up and they go, look, it's not a branded content. It's only a TVC. We haven't got the yeah. money. You know, I, I, I genuinely think that that's where the progression of, of, of short form advertising is going. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. Mm. Right. So we're getting, it feels like that's a really nice, almost end of first half, but I do <laughs> like to end the first half of the chat with just advice to that next generation coming in. And it, and it can be to, it can, you, you can specifically talk to yourself or to someone similar or to just the whole generation coming in. But what would you say to, to that next gen, to, to, the, to the younger you? Um, you know what? I think I'd say, A, just be yourself. You know, don't try and be someone you're not um, because you're going to get found out. Yeah. <laughs> so it's better being yourself. You know, be yourself. Um, and I think, especially maybe from a female point of view, um, is don't worry so much. I think there's a lot of worry when you're younger and you're trying to step up. And and for me, I was very aware that I always wanted to have children. That was a massive thing for me. And I was always very worried stepping away from the game and going off and having children and coming back that maybe I'd be forgotten about or, or you'd you know, people wouldn't sort of really remember you and you'd have to claw your way back up again and mm. just don't worry about it because actually if you're good at what you do, people will remember you and you'll be absolutely fine and just stay yourself, be yourself. And maybe if you're younger, starting off, get yourself a reliable car. I think that's quite important. Clever. Yeah, clever. <laughs> Sensible. My, I've, I've had really, I've had two bad cars that have both not started just before work. And it's like, oh my God, you know, luckily I give myself enough time to get to the train or the bus or an Uber or whatever. But yeah, big advice. Yeah. I like those. Been there, oh, done that. Get yeah, yourself a good like... car if you can afford it. <laughs> I think I always wanted a Volkswagen Beetle, um, like drop top. It's beautiful. I, I'd seen it in Spain. It was like, I was on holiday. So I was like, that's my car. My dad was like, it's going to break down every 20 minutes you're not going to get to work don't even but you know i want a camper van he's like you don't want to get just get yourself a reliable car so there it that's big tick reliable car <laughs> um all right well look, amazing first half and now i'd love to get into the hashtag trending section where we talk about what's happening right now in the industry and uh and if it's affected your role how it's affected your role what what is covid guidelines and restrictions how has it affected um your day-to-day -day, um shooting life yeah, well, um, as you know, I've only done one shoot back. I've got my next shoot next week. Um, so we were incredibly lucky on our first shoot back um, that we were all tested. I think that's... That's um, amazing. I said that. To say, that's brilliant. Uh, because, yeah, that offered such a safety net for us. Although, yes, we went into it not thinking, okay, we're all tested, we're all negative, it's fine. Let's um, mm. forget about the rules and let's just crack on as normal. It was really important to me to use this um, job um, to test the waters. Knowing we had all been tested was great, mm. but I also wanted to see how we did, even if we hadn't been tested, we should still be having the same guidelines. And, and how is this going to work? So it'll be interesting to see next week um, without all the crew having had the test. Just to, just to, just know, to like, did I mean, production insist that you test yourselves? Mm -hmm. Or did they? So you know what? No, 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 no. So we had um, we were filming with kids as well, and because yep. we were one of the earliest shoots, I'm sure there was probably some concern with child licenses, and and I think having the test probably helped us out quite a lot. Yeah, that we got our licenses. Um, <clears throat> so the tests were done. It was 
totally um, the producer and the director that taken it upon themselves to make that decision. So before anybody was even offered the job or, or you know, it was said that you will be tested, you know, mm. for this job. So, um, yeah, that was, that was a huge benefit. Um, ideally, everybody would be testing, but I just know that that's not feasible, yeah. um, unfortunately. But I think if you have got the budgets, you know, think about it, have a look into it, see how much it costs and see if you can make it work for the crew. Well, it can alleviate stress, you know, because huh? I said it can alleviate the stress of, of a crew kind of going, have we, haven't we, who has, who hasn't, oh, you know, anxiety, 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 stress, stress, stress. Totally. And since posting the video, actually, I must say, I've had a lot of response from producers that are asking about the testing and that are thinking about whether they can... Um, they can they can do that for their crew for their shoots you know which would be amazing obviously um but um, yeah i didn't sort of post it thinking right you know it's not in the apa guidelines the testing obviously but um you know if you have got the budget and and if you could make it work then i think it's definitely something you should be thinking about if you're mm. producing something at the moment and how did it so how did the how did prep differ what what was your process on the reckies how did how did all that work so I didn't, uh, what did I do? So my prep was all from home, um, okay. basically. I didn't go in for the pre-light at all um, because I was um, one of the last people to be tested. I actually only got tested on the morning of the shoot. So I, that had its own worries for me because mm. obviously if I had been tested positive, um, my poor second AD would have had um, a hand of three days. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, um, luckily it all worked out and I was negative. Um, so um, but yeah, so in terms of what uh, prep wise, what I was organising for the guys to do that were on set um, during the pre-light was we had the location for five days. We were shooting for three days. So I made sure two days prior that we would get lighting in on one day um, and uh, pre-light and then make sure that the other teams were coming in at separate times or a separate day to come in and get camera in or our department in. So that was nicely spread out a little bit so people weren't on top of each other. Mm. Um, and obviously the scheduling we had 15 pages to shoot so I was quite aware that it was tight anyway mm. um, but very achievable we were only in one room so that made things a lot easier as well um, so just yeah keeping an eye just making sure scheduling wise that that it wasn't impossible to do um, one cast more than one cast or how did it I, I saw one cast oh wow yeah yeah wow cast. Amazing. So yeah, the poor guys had their prequels for hand makeup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that was the only way to sort of make it work because that process really did take a long time. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it's great if you've got a, a cast member that can do a hair and knows how to, you know, work a curling tong. Yeah. But if you've got somebody that's got absolutely no idea to do with that you know somebody like me presumably um you know it takes a it takes a lot so um so yeah that that was quite tricky and that was very interesting to see and that's definitely something i'm going to be taking away with me to my next job next week mm. is to really be aware that the fact that they can't touch the cast and having to explain to somebody where to put something on mm. not as easy as doing it yourself right yeah because so. they were so they were in the same room two meters apart but they didn't fit like makeup didn't physically actually apply any of the makeup did they no they couldn't do anything so what they we had a bathroom where they would advise in and then i think all their kit um, that they'd kept was then in another room so you'd have one person going to, and everything was in plastic bags so basically 
um, all the cast will bring in their own hairbrushes or I don't know what you call them, bobby pins or what, whatever things they needed. They would yeah. bring it themselves and then they would be put into a plastic bag. The hair and makeup girls would then, whenever they needed the hairbrush, would then hand the cast member the plastic bag so they could go in and get, you know, touch it themselves and then brush mm-hmm. their hair. Or the hair maker would say, oh, there's a strand here. You need to get that behind your ear. So use this comb or, or take that pin out of the bag. And right now you pin that up there. So, yeah, yeah. I mean... Sounds much longer. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and that's 12 people, right? So yeah. and hair, and then you've got makeup, and then you've got styling. So, yeah, that whole process definitely took a lot longer. Um, sound worked quite well with cast miking up themselves, but, um, you know, things like um, you're shooting and then there's a cable visible and just things like that, that probably wouldn't happen if, if some, you know, the sound department was actually miking up the cast yeah. themselves you know you wouldn't then have to do a retake and Mm. so yeah it it is taking longer for sure but it's doable right and that's that's a message i was trying to get across is Mm. i was i don't know if you saw the pre-video before i did the 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 interviews it was sort of me in the car just sort of saying how incredibly nervous i was because i hadn't been on set for two months and Mm. whether it is really right should we be going back filming you know there's all these kind of questions but at the end of the day if you can make it work and make it work safely and not risk a second wave, then, then that's great. You know, then because I'm sure we all want to earn some money and, and put food on the table. Right. Yeah. We've got to, it's, it's an industry that, you know, entertainment has probably kept people. Well, I was going to say entertained. I don't want to use it again, but you know, Netflix and all these TV programs have, have kind of helped people through lockdown. Um, no we're not first responders and no we're not nhs but um getting back safely i think as you mentioned i think is super important and um what i guess having done it now and you know the, the video that you you that you made in the beginning of the, in the car saying how nervous you were and then having gone through the shoot what have you taken what lessons have you got then what have you taken away from that whole process and what would you have adjusted or tweaked or, 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 or done slightly different, if any? Uh, yeah, I mean, practically wise, I didn't have radios on the shoot just because I thought we were in one room and I thought I'd had a pre-light. So really realistically, there wasn't, other than moving a few dados or something, there wasn't going to be much mm. in terms of the lighting team or, or people needing to communicate. Um, that didn't work out too well for me. Um, I won't be making that mistake again. Mm. Um, so definitely yeah. having I kind of just thought also having less equipment or less stuff to handle or that people are touching might work out better, but it didn't. It was just tricky because obviously I had Video Village quite far away trying to keep everyone remote and, and social distance and not having a radio that just didn't work so that's definitely something I learned from that mm-hmm. um yeah and I just think checking in with your crew it was super important to although yes we were all tested and yes we were all wearing masks but there was definitely a few people on set that were really really nervous about being yeah. there they were nervous if somebody got a bit close to them and you mm. could see it in their eyes you know that suddenly they'd be Oh, actually, you know, I'm just going to move a bit. So yeah, just checking in with people. If you are nervous, you know, then then fine. Let me do another shout out. Let me say, look, guys, just make sure, you know, we are all keeping apart, and and you know, just 
reassuring people and, and look out for your crew. I think that's super important. Thing. How did you do, I guess, when you were talking about your processes in the morning, how does that morning safety briefing look now, trying to keep two, meet, two meters apart? Is it just a very large group? You know, do you just need a bigger area to be able to do it? Or do you go, do you kind of pull people in per department so that, how, how, yeah, how did that work? No, we were in a very, very large room. We, we were lucky our location was very large. We had a lot of space. Yep. Uh, a lot of land was around us as well so we made sure everything was spaced out um but yeah so um safety i record it and then also if somebody's missed it i'll play it to them as well you know if somebody's oh, nice. doing something whatever and so oh, yeah. hang on, realize you didn't get that and um, you know i'll just send it to you or something on your phone i mean d- i'd like to think everyone listens to it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they totally listen yeah that's it they're like oh yeah no yeah definitely listen yeah that's when I kind of think, like having at the end, you're just like, all right, and if you listen to this, the magic word is mushroom or the magic word is you know, yeah. unicorn cake. And you go, oh, so you listen to it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what was the, what was the word at the end? And they're like, oh, bollocks. Yeah. It's like I, see, I saw a location manager put it on his, on his movement order. And just halfway through the thing, it was just like, um, and if you're reading this, ask me for the pound that I owe you. Da, 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 da. You carry on, do a left at the yeah. end. And he went, he went to me, did you read it? I went, yeah, 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 of course. He went, Anything that you want to ask me? I'm like, no, no, it's all fine. It's great. It's like, you liar. And someone else went, yeah, I'll have my pound, please. Oh, gosh. Anyway, I'm digressing. But that's it. I mean, also, I'm talking about me. I know we're sort of joking about it. But, I mean, the risk assessments and things yeah. that are coming from jobs now, you must, must, guys, you must yes. read them. You know, please, please read them. I know they're big. I know there's lots of things that you know already. But, yeah, it's it's our individual responsibilities as crew members as well to... to do our bit, you know? I think yeah. that's really important to say. Um, and that includes reading a risk assessment. I was speaking to a producer the other day, actually, who mentioned, you know, the APA tests that they're doing, um, this 30-minute test or something, saying that to try and maybe get all the crew that are, that are confirmed for a job to, to pass this test before they come onto the job, mm. which um, I don't know, how again, how feasible that is to do that. Well, obviously, if you can make people do something like that. But I think... Yeah idea is very good so people really are clued up before they come onto the set don't leave it up to the covid rep or the producer or the first ad to be you know constantly reminding you to put your mask on or or don't stand there or don't touch that you know just have a bit of responsibility for yourself let's look out for each other and i think that's yeah it's it's a it's a collective responsibility that and as you said there is going to be someone on that set whose partner whose kid is shielding that may have a really, you know, have an underlying health condition or got, you know, got a really a disease or, you know, something that is just making them be nervous around you. And just because you may be single living at home and you, you don't actually care. I think I, I agree. I think we should all assume that we, you walk onto set like you have it and, and, and that you don't want to pass it on to people. I think that yeah. for the time being feels like a sensible kind of, just a quick checklist of right i've got it i don't want to give it to you let's keep two meters away instead of you know having you know just assuming that everyone is as is as relaxed about it as as yourself if you are you know yeah, yeah. totally you don't know what's going on in people's lives you know yeah, and that's a big thing everyone turns up to set and everyone's super excited to be there with a big smile on your face but you don't know you know you might have worked with these people before but yeah as you say you, you don't know what's going on in people's home lives and things like that yeah. Well, look, Zoom's saying that we've been 
we've been on the chat for like 40 odd minutes, but I think we've only been recording for about 35, I would have thought. So okay. I, like, it feels like that's a really nice, a nice app. Um, and at the end, I always love to give the floor to the guests just to, if you've got anything that you want to kind of shout out an organization or, or, or something that you just want to bring to light, the floor is yours. It's my way of saying, thank you for giving your time is then, you know, um, for you to, to have a little bit of time to, to, to talk to the listeners. Well, thank you so much for having me, first of all. Pleasure. <laughs> I think it's really important just going back on the whole COVID and filming and stuff. I really do need to sort of mention um, back to AB Branch, the guys that have been working so tire- tirelessly through lockdown, um, coming up with the guidelines. Obviously, it's not just back to it's APA, it's British, British Film Commission. Uh, packed everybody that has been involved behind the scenes to to make these guidelines happen in order for us to even attempt to go back to work so without all these guys i mean i've all i've done is attend a couple of zoom meetings i really had nothing to do with any of it Hmm. so i think just a big shout out to, to all the guys who've spent so long so many hours typing this stuff up and speaking to other people and just trying to get these guidelines through so yeah a massive huge thank you to um jay and Stuart, and also separately a shout out to all runners that have ever worked with me there <laughs> it is you know love it thank you so much i think they often get forgotten about or first ads are very quick to run away at the end of the day and Here's my radio pie. <laughs> throwing their radios at them. But um, like no, in all seriousness, so thank you so much to anybody that's ever run for me. Um, nice. You know, it's a bloody hard job being a runner, but um, it's really appreciated everything you've done, all the cups of coffee and, and all that kind of jazz. So Amazing. thank you. Amazing. <laughs> wow, the film gods applause. There it is. Woo! Um, well, look, ladies and gents, um, I'm hoping, you know, it, we're going to be coming back to work and I want to be talking to people that are, are on set and whose processes are having to adjust and change and, and start building a little area that, that someone, you know, that a first AD can, can come and listen to this episode to see what, what um, Janine and everyone at, on their set did. And, you know, if you're art department or if you're sound or if you're makeup, come if you if you feel confident enough to come and have a chat come and have a chat because um i think you'll have a great time having a chat with me and i think that everyone would love to hear your stories and your case study so thank you for listening janine thank you so much for coming on really really was a pleasure and an absolute honor and i'm just thank thankful that you know you gave me your time and um welcome to the film god's family there it is thanks so much for having me pleasure Um, So ladies and gents, until we meet again, that is a wrap. Bye. So that was a chat with the king or queen in the game. I give it a shout at the end so you all know the name. It's the Film Gods Podcast. The what? The Film God Podcast.